Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Herridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. It was another eventful day and strong day for our markets today as the all-time highs continued once again across the board, all-time highs today for our markets. And really, a little bit of a surprising day because today the Federal Reserve wrapped up their two-day Fed meeting where they were expected to announce the start of their taper. And I'll get to that here in a second. But I say surprising because typically when Jerome Powell speaks, the markets do not like the reaction. And Kip talked about this yesterday. Uh, Jerome Powell, when he first was implemented as the Fed chair, every time that he spoke, I believe it was 93% of the time, uh, the markets sold off and he's seemed to find a way to buck that trend uh, and certainly did it today as our markets finished at or near their highs of the day. Once Jerome Powell began speaking, the markets really ramped up their move higher and again, surprising because he did announce that the Fed will be, be beginning their taper. And beginning about a half a month early, they were expected to announce it this month and maybe begin in December or even early next year. And instead, they're going to be starting now this month here in November, uh, beginning with cutting their purchases by $15 billion a month. Nothing crazy. They're currently buying $120 billion a month in assets. So that puts them on track to end their taper roughly eight months from now. So we're looking at the, the May to June time frame here. And we've, we've talked about this at length ad nauseum on the podcast here that we continue to expect that this taper is going to be short-lived. That they will not be raising interest rates next year. We put those odds at extremely low for a number of reasons. But one important one, and especially the timing of this is interesting. As all over the Northeast, there were the uh, governor's races and other, uh, other races as well for um, elected officials and surprising wins from the Republicans. Uh, so with that happening, we see the Fed's chances of tapering coming in even lower here because we know that the Federal Reserve doesn't want to do anything to hurt the Democratic Party. Look back on their previous instances of raising rates. Did so nine times under Trump, a whopping one time under Obama, and then going back to Bush, the I believe it was 16 straight rate hikes that led us into the financial crisis, really causing the financial crisis. Uh, so they like to raise rates and, and implement policies that hurt the economy, hurt the market under Republican presidents. They don't want to do that under Democrats. And as we head into the 2022 midterms, the Fed doesn't want to want any chance of that happening. At best, they might trade, try to raise rates after the midterms of next year. That's certainly 
possible, not out of the realm of possibility, but we, again, think that this taper is going to be short-lived. If the market starts to panic at all, they're going to, at the very least, pause their taper here. And another important factor about this election outcome is that it all but locks in the fact that the Dems will not be able to pass many of their pet project spending bills that they've talked about. You know, no, that means no Green New Deal, no, no massive infrastructure plan. We still could get a bipartisan inf- infrastructure plan here, but it won't have a lot of the stuff that they want in there, which means that we'll be getting significantly less fiscal stimulus than previously expected. Uh, another reason there that the Fed will want to keep their monetary stimulus possibly going to hold up the stock market, hold up the economy, at least to some extent here. But I, I don't know if even the most staunch Republicans could have guessed how well the Republican Party would have done in these elections last night. Really, a major win here and sends a message across the board to the Democratic Party that freedom-loving Americans are getting fed up here. We do not want kids to be forced to wear masks in school. Parents want to have a say in what their children are learning in school. And they certainly do not want vaccine mandates either forcing them out of jobs are forcing their 5 to 11-year-old kids in order to go to school to have a vaccine mandate. Folks, this was a direct referendum telling us that coronavirus insanity is over. We, the people, have had enough. Uh, That's what we got out of this overwhelming win last night from Republicans. Uh, Go on Kip's Twitter feed, and we wrote about it to our members this morning as well. Really some phenomenal statistics coming in. Uh, I saw a great comparison that just before the midterms under Bill Clinton during his first term, this is what happened first. The governor's races were won on the Republican side, and then there was the massive flip in the midterms, giving the Republican Party control of the House and the Senate as well. But now's not the time to rest on our laurels here. We have to continue to speak up now. We're not out of the woods just yet. I know from personally from your feedback, uh, you know, some of you who live in the more liberal states, you know, fortunately for us, we're here in Texas where really after March of last year, coronavirus insanity has really been a very minor part of our lives. We don't have mask mandates. A lot of people choose not to wear them anyway. Bars, restaurants, concerts, all fully open, no restrictions whatsoever. Yeah, some people like to wear masks still, and that's, you know, with everything, your body, your choice. Same thing with the vaccine. Uh, But there are certainly companies trying to implement vaccine mandates here in Texas. But just, like I said, fortunate for us that that we're here. Uh, But hearing from a lot of you, we still got a lot of work to do, and we're going to continue to speak up on your behalf here as well. Uh, but the, overall, certainly a step in the right direction and hopefully a sign of things to come in the midterms next year. But back to the Federal Reserve here, because the Dems aren't going to be able to pass as much fiscal stimulus, that's another reason that we believe the Fed will be unable to pump the brakes too hard on their current monetary policy. Again, if there's anything that 
that they could do that could potentially hurt the Democrat chances in the 2022 midterms, they're going to ease off really fast. If they taper too aggressively and we start to get a major market sell-off or, or even slower economic growth that starts to say that, well, these economic policies from the Democratic Party really could be hurting, that would be the final nail in the coffin for Dems' chances in the midterms next year. So that's not what the Fed wants by any means at all. And Jerome Powell certainly wants another term as Fed chair. I, I you know, I don't know the guy. Maybe he, maybe he doesn't. Uh, but certainly seems like he does. So we expect the Fed to continue at least some level of QE here. And that's overall should be very bullish for our markets. As monetary stimulus by the Fed is less inflationary than fiscal stimulus from government spending. We've seen that especially since the beginning of coronavirus insanity and these massive stimulus packages, free money for everybody. And yes, of course, the supply chain shortages have had a major impact um, on inflation here. But you also have people with fresh money in their pockets spending it and everybody competing for the same goods. So naturally, even if without the supply issues, we'd be seeing inflation increasing as well. But going all the way back to when the Fed's uh, monetary policy in QE really began after the financial crisis, it's far less inflationary than fiscal stimulus has been. Uh, at least that's been the track record here. So if that's what we get to uh, get to continue with, that probably is more bullish for our markets even than fiscal stimulus, uh, although inflation drives markets higher anyway. But one more bullish theme that came out of this election yesterday is that it almost ensures gridlock in D.C. And the markets love gridlock in D.C. Uh, it removes a number of risks for the markets, namely being any policy errors uh, that either side could be making, whether that's tax heights or more red tape for businesses and especially small businesses, it essentially gives companies the ability to say, all right, here's the policies that we're living under right now. Uh, we're probably not going to see these policies change. So we'll continue to make the most of what we have here and continue as business as usual uh, with no, like I said, no new tax implemented, no new red tape. So let's get let's get this train rolling. So political gridlock is one of the best times to be in the market. And on that note, speaking of best times to be in the market, we've talked about this a lot that we have now entered the seasonally most bullish time to be in the market. And this is one of the most interesting statistics I've ever seen that really uh, puts this into perspective. Since 1945, if you had a $10,000 investment in the S&P 500 from November to April, it would have returned $4 million. And I laugh at that number because wait till you hear the other one. If you were only invested from May to October, that investment only would have made $117,000. That's incredible. Everybody talks about sell in May and go away, and then they come back into the market after October. There's proof of it right there. Four million versus 117,000. 
absolutely incredible uh, statistic there. Uh, just telling you, this is when you want to be fully invested in the market. And the start to November has certainly proved that so far. So let's take a look at our markets on the day. Another day of all-time highs across the board. This now makes back-to-back days of all four of our major indexes hitting all-time highs. We were led by the Russell 2000 up 1.8% to 2,404. Next up here was the NASDAQ up 1.04% to 15,000, excuse me, 811. Next up was the S&P 500 up 0.65% to 4,660. And lastly here, the Dow Jones up 0.29% to 36,157. Again, all-time highs here across the board. Uh, I will point out though, our markets are at extreme overbought steroids. We've been extreme overbought on our short-term momentum oscillators, something we've been talking about here for a while and quickly approaching the same on our long-term momentum oscillators here as well. That's been the pattern for the last eight months is when we reach extreme overbought on our short-term oscillators, the markets have pulled back. So this is a little bit of a pattern change here. Good to see. And a market that continues heading higher in the face of overbought conditions is very bullish here as well. So, I mean, overall, we remain very bullish on this market, and we can certainly keep moving higher from here. But as far as adding new positions goes, this is when the VRA investing system tells us to be approaching with caution. We've also seen it in our sentiment indicators, definitely getting to a very elevated, very uh, optimistic, possibly excessively optimistic in our sentiment indicators, the fear and greed index, now at an 82 today, which is extreme greed territory. But there are so many reasons to be bullish on this market right now. The ones I mentioned earlier between political gridlock and then also earning season continues uh, in full force here. So far, we've had 323 S&P 500 names that have reported. That does not include, include the names that were after the close today. But so far, seven, 77% of those companies have beat on revenue. 83% have beat on earnings per share as well. So really impressive numbers from earnings continue. We expect that trend to continue as well. And... Uh, as we know, the markets don't peak until earnings peak, and we believe we're a long way off from that point. This morning, we also got the ADP jobs report coming in better than expected. This is bucking the trend as well. We've seen the last three months or so of less than expected employment numbers. So we also have Fridays. The big jobs report is on Friday. Uh, I talked about us potentially missing on estimates here again just because of the trend that we've seen. But this, the ADP coming in better than expected does give some hope there. So estimates were for 400,000 jobs to be created. We finished with 571,000. So solid report there. But once you dig into the numbers, ah, it's just not quite as good as you would like. These aren't exactly the high paying jobs that we saw being created under Trump where you had people leaving their jobs because they were finding better paying ones or just better industries that they wanted to get into. For example, on the jobs report of the 571,000 jobs created, 
458,000 of those were in the service sector. Those aren't exactly high paying jobs. A lot of those minimum wage jobs. Uh, So again, another example here of Joe Biden really being the third term of of Obama here. All right. So (laughs) really, I mean, so many bullish factors to get to here. Let's take a look at our internals on the day. We started off the day with weak numbers and just steadily improved all day to finish strong on the day. And folks, that's the the sign of a strong bull market. Lower opens with stronger finishes. If you're seeing the opposite where you get a big open in the morning and finish lower, that's not the sign of a really strong market. That would cause us to be sounding the alarm right now. But we saw it in our major indexes, all finishing at the highs of the day. Some were lower at the open this morning. And then again, similar here in the internals, we finished positive across the board after that lower open, advancing stocks, beating out declining stocks, roughly two to one positive on the day today. And with that number, that should be, and these numbers don't update until the end of day, uh, so I'll double check it here tonight, but that should be a fresh all-time high from the NYSE advanced decline line here as well. New 52-week highs to lows came in very strong today. Over 9 to 1 positive on the day. Really impressive numbers. That's garlic strong. You know, we're getting closer to even stronger levels here as well. And then volume came came in over 2 to 1 positive for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ on the day today. And then let's take a look at our sectors on the day today and The all-time highs continue here as well. We had a number of sectors hitting fresh all-time highs here today. We were led today by consumer discretionary. That was an all-time high, followed by materials, consumer staples, and communication services. Tech also hit an all-time high here today. And leading the way were the semis. Up 1% on the semis today, also hitting an all-time high. So, Tech hitting an all-time high, semis outperforming tech hitting all-time highs. That's exactly what you want to see if you're bullish in this market right now. We also saw the financials, which are right at an all-time high, but the regional banks hit an all-time high today. And then real estate, the real estate ETF. You know, we need, got a little work to do on the housing indexes, HGX, uh, not not really anywhere close to its all-time high right now, but it is still above its 200-day moving average. But the real estate ETF XLRE also hitting an all-time high today. So really strong, strong readings from our sectors today. Our laggards on the day, though, were energy, uh, which really wasn't down too bad for considering how much oil sold off on the day. And I'll get to that here in a second. That's actually a pretty good sign to see energy stocks holding up well despite this hit in oil that we got today and then after that we were followed by utilities and industrials utilities probably a little bit uh with the taper a lot of people talking about rates going to be on the rise uh folks we we just still aren't in that camp here uh not for us you know our long-term view we see negative rates coming to the united states uh by roughly 2025 so A little bit of a spike in rates here doesn't mean a whole lot to us. We still expect rates, the long-term downtrend, if you look at the 40-year chart, rates are going to continue heading lower. That's the way we see it here. Uh, And then lastly, industrials for our laggards on the sectors today. Then finally for today, our VRA Commodity Watch 
Gold now down about nine tenths of 1% on the day to 1,772 an ounce. Silver up slightly on the day, just about two tenths of 1% to $23.56 an ounce. Copper down about two tenths of a percent today to $4.35 a pound. Then oil, as I mentioned earlier, getting hit hard today, now down 4.66% getting back below $80 a barrel here for the first time in, in a little less than a month here, so really not that long. Uh, you know, our call has been for $100 a barrel oil since the beginning of this year. We said 12 to, uh, 12 to 18 months on that time frame. And as much as we enjoy being right, it would be great for the American consumer to get oil prices lower from here. So, that's if that we got that call wrong, I don't think I'd be terribly disappointed by that. But oil back below eighty dollars a barrel here to seventy nine dollars and ninety eight cents a barrel, and really oil's just been on a hell of a run. So it was at overbought readings for for quite some time. Now we're just getting a little bit of a pullback here. Honestly, like I said, we would would love to see lower oil, but we think that the trend higher is going to continue, uh, especially as we continue to shut down our own oil production here in the United States and Canada is doing the same. Uh, I could do a whole podcast on what's been going on here with the Biden administration and, and their posturing on climate change, claiming to care so much about it, and then you know asking countries like OPEC and Russia uh, to produce more oil. So really, more than anything, it's optics. They, don't, they just don't want to look like they're the ones polluting the environment, but it's okay if somebody else does it. That's that's on them. But we need the oil, so please keep doing it. Uh, again, just posturing. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you have opinions as well on climate change and what we've seen from this most recent climate summit where these people telling us that we have to change our lives as they fly in on their private jets. Uh, I saw one reporter who's somebody, uh, I forget who it was, flew in. It was like 31 miles, but they took a, a private jet in to the climate summit. Uh, these hypocrites, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, but finally for today, Bitcoin. And really, I'm going to get to cryptocurrencies a little bit here, but Bitcoin now down 1.12% to 62,892 of Bitcoin. But I will point out, other cryptos really strong today. Ethereum just hit an all-time high. A few others did on the day as well, Cardano and Solana. So good results here from cryptos. Another group that we remain extremely bullish on here as well. Folks, that is all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top. We'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.